developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, Podrick O'Keefe from Kish Game. The reason I'm doing this interview with you, my friend, is because Cooper can't talk and my dog isn't very good. Okay? <laughs> He's the hero here, but you want to talk. You he need is, to talk. I'm reading about him. I What an incredible creature. But tell me about yourself and tell me about Cooper. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thank you for having me. Um, well, I guess Cooper and myself are currently in Ukraine on a human remain detection uh, mission. Uh, Cooper is almost three years of age. Um, he was initially trained on um, a disaster dog capability, which would be live human scent. But in the with the commencement of the war here in the Ukraine, I kind of felt that we we could have a role to play here. But I felt it might be more in the human remains detection. So yeah. we started to transition him over three months before we actually arrived in country. What is he trained to and do, Patrick? In simple terms. Uh, simply detect the odour of decomposing human flesh. Okay. Um, grim. No, we started. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's grim enough. No, we started him at home on human teeth and human hair, and I mean we've had three taskings since we've been in country. So we've had one successful recovery. Um, there was another site that he gave enough of an indication that the local authorities have marked it for an excavation, and the third site would have been. I guess inconclusive. Um, it was sort of a site that was beyond our capabilities. We moved two tons of rubble by hand with um, my working partner here, Padraig Cavanagh from Wexford, and it, we just didn't have the capabilities to do the the excavation required. So we we called it in as inconclusive. Yeah, yeah. This is you've got to do this kind of by hand, don't you, or by very small device. You, you can't um, just lodge a bulldozer in there. Well, you know, in, in the initial stages when on that third site they did excavate it with, with heavy machinery was the only the only way in the end. Um, there's only so much you can do by hand, but you, we put an awful lot on the dog to, to give us some kind of an indication. Now, on that site, as we were getting down, we were coming across scent pockets with a very distinct, strong odour of death, but... You know, we, we brought the dog in any time we got to that stage. We brought the dog in, but he didn't give us enough to say that we were anywhere near source of the scent. Oh, so he will, did, he's, he's trained to, to not, you'll smell something, but he's trained to go right to the source. And then right does he the bark source. when he finds something? Is that what it is? Yes, so he's bark alert for live human um, search would be a, a, a very high vocal alerts of continuous barking so i've kind of just transitioned them over and kept 
the, the bark alert as well. Now, what he's getting into the habit of doing now is he'll go into a down position at the strongest point of descent and give that focal alert. But we weren't getting anything from him. And, I mean, we sunk a lot of scent holes, which would be, you know, we hammer uh, rebar into the soil and the area around it to, to free up scent. And we just couldn't we just couldn't find the source. So we kind of looked at the, you know, the, the science behind it. So it was an impact crater um, from a missile strike on the side of an apartment building. So, you know, our, our conclusion was there was death in the soil, PJ, but, you know, it, it was vaporised, if, if, oh, if that kind of makes sense. It does. It makes too much sense, Padraig, to be quite honest with this. You know. You're seeing, and your your wonderful creature is seeing terrible things. I'll talk to you about you in a minute, but tell me about Cooper, <laughs> this wonderful, wonderful animal. How is he trained, and, and like, what's it like to watch well, him work? Like, Oh, he's he's a fantastic. Like he he's my superpower. I mean, um, he's when he's in work mode, he's full on. He's focused. He he knows what he needs to do, and he, he does it very diligently. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess so. Uh, my background is disaster dogs. So it should be ten years experience with my last dog, and seven different countries, mm-hmm. and. You know, that dog had five, even though he was never trained on cadavers, he had nine successful cadaver recoveries. So five during the earthquake initially in 2015, two on inland waterways in Cork and one off the coast in Kerry. So that's kind of where my interest in the human remains detection came in. No, it was much easier with Mambo because he actually got his experience directly at source. Whereas Cooper, we could transition the training we started him on. No, that training started, he, he was in Greece as a young pup and it was a friend of mine who was one of my instructors in the US where I trained as an urban search and rescue dog handler, said he had a very good letter from very strong bloodline and there was one pup in there he felt would be fantastic for the work we were doing. So unfortunately, COVID delayed um, our partner, our partnering up as such. So I had to wait. He was, I think, seven months. By the by the time I got to Greece, he was at seven months, and I'd missed kind of a very important part of that training. But we 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 got in on an international search and rescue advisory group, urban search and rescue training program in Athens. So we were on that for for four months, and then again, COVID kicked back in, and uh, the course was cancelled. So we we found our way back to Ireland. And, you know, there's there's not much we can do at home for that type of training where we're over-regulated um, to get access to any kind of a site that would replicate yeah. a disaster zone. Yeah. It needs huge insurance. So we were basically looking at retiring out of it, actually. And then when this war started, OK, I thought maybe this is a way to put our skills to, yeah. to use. You are... Formerly of the French Foreign Legion, Anton. Now, how did Correct. that fellow? How does a fellow from Kishkem end up in the French Foreign Legion? Well, I'm originally from Cove, PJ. I'm just currently living down in Kishkem at the moment. So, obviously, Cove would have had very strong military ties, especially with the navy. A lot of lads in the army as well. So. I actually tried to join the, the Irish Army and I was told I didn't have what it takes to be a soldier. So kind of that kind of sat in my mind. And one day I came across a book on the Legion and I think by the end of that week I had a one-way ticket and I was on my way to Marseille. 
Good for you. You wanted to do it and you went and you did it. Now, there's a GoFundMe set up because this work that Cooper is doing, this incredible work, is expensive. It, it is. I mean, the, even the whole preparation, we, I mean, we done tools and everything we were doing. So we focused for three months on his training. That was pretty much full time. Um, then we obviously had a glitch on the way over. I had uh, in Italy, my kind of appendix kind of went sideways. Good so man. I ended up with, uh, with a month. I had to, I was in for emergency surgery in Hungary. And mm. by the time the recovery was up, you know, we were delayed. I think it was five weeks. So we're back in now again. And I mean, even the, the funds that we have were supporting uh, humanitarian aid projects, reconstruction projects. Mm. Um, you know, this, we're up in the school where they do an awful lot of therapy with the kids and we're using Cooper for therapy with the kids and they love him sure. up there and it's just fantastic to see where, the interaction, you know. so it's Where are you, yeah, Audrey? Where, we're what? actually based in Bucha. Bucha, so oh, I've heard a lot area. about Bucha. And, yeah. and what, what can you see around you? I mean... You know, just use your own eyes for a second and just paint a picture for people. We, we, the, the house we're living in is a house, it, it's actually in a forest, just virtually, we're two minutes from the, the city centre, or the town centre. Um, this house was occupied by Russian forces, not a lot, lot of damage done to the house and to the, the grounds around it. The house next to us is still standing. The one next to that is still standing. Push up further then, its house is fully destroyed. You know, you're talking heavy battle damage. Um, then there's areas with light to medium damage. All the fence lines from the road are ripped with bullet holes. It's like they, they drove through the town just letting rip out whatever weapons they have. So parts of it are totally destroyed. They're they're completely gone. And like I said, you know, you got another third then with medium battle damage, light battle damage, yeah. and then some are unscathed. So it's it's kind of surreal to be doing the, the missions we're doing. And then, you know, you're driving down the road and you're getting into the supermarket to get something for your tea. I know. <laughs> you know, I know. It's, 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 a, very, it's very a surreal surreal. situation, isn't it? To me, just, it is. And have it the is. Russians moved away now from Butchia or are this? I mean, are you in danger in no, the course of your work? No, no I mean, the, the only danger we're in here is... Uh, like what we've had, we I mean, was it a fortnight ago we had a cruise missile intercepted by Ukrainian Air Force over Bucha. So missiles coming in to Kiev, coming over us. So you've got the air raid signs constantly going on. You know, you got the air defence ramping up all their capabilities in the area. Um, so the, the civilian population live in constant fear of this death from above. Totally random. So, so it's tough for them. It's awful. Listen, you're doing incredible work out there, as is you as is your lad, a Labrador, yeah, a Labrador, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, he's a yeah. beauty, actually. I've seen pictures of him. He's an adorable looking fella. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. As I said, now you're only doing this interview because he doesn't talk. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say he could probably talk, but he just doesn't show it to us. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Podrick, listen. Stay safe out there, fella, and Thanks, and uh, keep keep up the great work that you're doing, the difficult, grim work that you're doing of trying to recover bodies that are buried under the war rubble and using his wonderful, wonderful dog, Cooper, to do so. We've posted a link to that GoFundMe if you want to help. Quartz 96 FM.